Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. God bless all of you. When I walk into this room, the Lord told me that He loved all of you so much. And then I smile because I know that God loves you and He wants to show His love to you on a daily basis. Amen? How many people are convinced that the Lord loves you? Amen. It's very important to know that God loves you. Amen? Today we will continue to talk about the love of God. I did not finish my sermon two weeks ago, so I will continue to talk about the law of Christ. And we're going to go back to the text that we always read in this series of teaching, the love of God. John chapter 13, 34 to 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples. If you have love, for one another. Father, we thank you so much for giving us your word so that we know what is right, what is wrong, how to walk with you, how to live this life victoriously. We believe your word will renew our mind and help us, Lord, to practice what we learn. We don't want just to be the hearer of the word of God. We want to be the doer of your word. We want to put it into practice. We ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to ignite the desire and the strength to be able to walk according to what you wrote in the Bible every single day, Lord. We ask for the Holy Spirit to teach us today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. We will not know the true love until we know the love of God. Human love is usually selfish love. Human love would think about, I love you only when you can do something to me. Human love say, I love you as long as you make me feel good, you have benefited me, you have blessed me, then I loved you. But God's love is different. We learn from the scripture that God loved us so much that he laid down his life for us. He sacrificed his life for us. Jesus said, we should love one another as he has loved us. In other words, the way we should love one another, which is the best witness to the world, to be a Christian, to love one another, is to love one another the same way Jesus loved us. How did Jesus love us? He laid down his life for us. He loved us so much that he's willing to give, to serve. We have learned that love builds up. Love edifies. Love never harm anybody. Love always want to help, not to judge, not to condemn. So when you come to God, he loves you, he edifies you, he builds you up. 
He never condemns you. He never judges you. He never want to put you down. But he always want to lift you up, and that is the love of God. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, and by faith, we can love one another in the house of God. And when you love people, it doesn't mean that you have to feel good about it. You can love even people who you feel like you want to slap on their face. You can love people even though they hurt your feeling. You love people to the point you will say, like the Apostle Paul, "I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, even though you love me less." That's how the love of God is. I will gladly spend. And be spent, even though you love me less. I know that this teaching is quite difficult to do, but it's a standard of God that we need to know. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Philippians, chapter two, verses three to four: Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interests of others. In order to walk in love, we need to practice this scripture. We esteem other better than ourselves. It doesn't mean that other people are better than us, but it means that we treat them just like they are better than us. We give them preference over ourselves. When you go to dinner together, you give them a bigger piece of steak, and you get the smaller piece of steak. You treat them like they're better than you. They give them the better chair, and you sit in the lower kind of chair. We treat each other as if they are that our brother and sister are better than ourselves. This is the key or the law of Christ about love: is to lay down our life for one another. Is to treat other people as they're better than you, to give them preference. Mark chapter eight verse thirty-five. The Bible says, "For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it." This idea is totally different from the world idea. The world idea say, "I want to take. I want to protect my time. I want to protect my right." I don't want anyone to take advantage of me, but the Bible says if we are willing to lose our life, give, lose, the Lord will give us life back, and the life that God gives us back will be better than you try to make life on yourself. I rather have God give me life than try to make life for myself. We are willing to love and to lose life. In Mark chapter ten, Jesus met a rich. Man who came to him and asked him, "What can I do to inherit eternal life?" Jesus quoted the Ten Commandments right away. He said, "If you can do this, do this, do this, you have eternal life." And the man said to him, "Oh, yeah, I have done all of this since I was young." And look at what Jesus said to him in Mark chapter ten, verse twenty-one. Then Jesus, looking at him, you need to understand that Jesus has the fullness of the Holy Spirit. He knew already. What the man gonna answer him? How the man gonna respond to him? Look at what the Bible say. He was looking at him and loved him. Jesus knew that this man gonna reject him, but he still loved him and said to him, 
One thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come and take up the cross and follow me. Unfortunately, this man looked sad when he heard that, and he walked away. Jesus wanted to test whether he really obeyed the Ten Commandments to follow Jesus and take up the cross. What does it mean to take up the cross? When I was young, I was not a believer yet, and I saw some news from Philippines that people really get up, pick up the cross, and they hang themselves on the cross. Uh, this is Christian in Philippines. At that time, I was like, when I was a non-believer, I look at them. Why they have to do that? Why they have to hang themselves on the cross in Philippines? They misunderstand this scripture. It doesn't mean that you have to go and get the cross and hang yourself on the cross. Taking up your cross means to lay down your life for other people, to love other people. This phrase, "laying down your life for other people," is not very attractive. It's not fun to hear. It doesn't sound good. It sounds depressing. Wow, I have to lay down my life for my brothers and sisters. Wow, I don't like that word. I don't like that phrase. But that is the cross. That if you want to follow Jesus, is to lay down your life for your brothers and sisters. You cannot do it without the love of God in your heart. If you are so filled with the love of God, you are so filled with the Holy Spirit. You can love other people as yourself, the way the Lord loved you. You can love them. You can love them even more than yourself. And when you can love your brother and sister more than yourself, you're willing to spend your time, money, and energy, and effort, and give your faith everything for your brother and sister. You will not have the idea that. Oh, if they can make me enjoy, if they can do something for me, I will be happy. No, you will be happy if you can spend and you can lay down your life for other people. You don't mind to to cost something in your life that people come and cost you something, and you have to sacrifice something for them. That is the way of God. The way of the world will say. Yeah, if I let them have my position, if I sacrifice my time and my money, it will take me longer to progress and to be successful. That is the way of the world. But the way of God is to take up the cross, to lay down our life and let other people have it. You sacrifice, you lay down your life, you give, you sacrifice, and that is the way of God. The world teaches that if we have more money, we have more materials, we shall be happy. In fact, selfish people are miserable people. Loving people are happy people. You will be so full of joy. If you want to have the fullness of joy, you need to walk in love. You need to lay down your life for other people. The more selfish a person is, the more difficult you can satisfy him. The more you think about yourself, the more miserable you're gonna be. The more difficult for you to be happy. But if you live your life to give and to love other people, the more happy you're gonna be. The more joyful you're gonna be. This is the way of God. Amen. Amen. How many people believe that? I choose to be happy. I choose to be joyful. 
I don't want to be a miserable man. Therefore, I learn to give and I learn to love. The lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh cannot be satisfied. Selfish people cannot be satisfied at all. They may lie to themselves: if I get that, I'm going to be happy right away. Yes, they will be happy for a few seconds and a few days, and then the excitement start to fade away, and they want to get more, and they say, "I want more now." So they've never been satisfied. They're miserable. So when they get something more, they get excited for a few days, and they feel miserable again. Selfish life is a miserable life, but the life of love and the life of giving. And the life of showing mercy to people is a happy and joyful life, and God created us to be that way. We were put on this planet Earth for that way. Amen. Amen. Even though I make mistake and I die, I'm still happy because I'm gonna be in heaven. Amen. We are more than conquerors. Amen. Amen. If the worst case scenario happen and I die, I'm gonna see an angel, Amen. and an angel will come say, "Welcome. You want to have a scenic drive or scenic cruise to go to heaven?" And say, "I'm ready. I run my race. I finish my race. I'm gonna go to heaven." The devil can kill only my body, but the devil cannot kill my spirit. I'm gonna be in heaven forever. Amen. So we need to understand that we lay down our life, and we still have victory. We can be joyful as believer because, as a believer, we're gonna have eternal life in heaven. Amen. We should live a life of love because our Father in heaven is love. We are the loving children of the loving God. John chapter fifteen verses nine to twelve. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment: that you love one another as I have loved you. Jesus. The Son of God came into the world in a human form, and He said that the Father loved Him, and He loved the Father. Therefore, He obeyed the command of the Father by loving us. And now He turned around and tell us who are His disciple that if we love Him, we will obey His commandments, and if we can obey His commandments, we can abide or live in the love of God. A special favor from God. How many people want to live in the love of God? Everywhere you go, you can sense the love of God. Amen. You can have the experience of the love of God shining upon you everywhere. You get the favor. People give you favor. People give you grace because of the love of God is around you. How can we know a believer love God when he obey the commands of God? What is the law and the commandment of Jesus? Is to love one another. The whole 
New Testament conclude in only two sentences: Love God with all your heart and love our neighbors as ourselves. And if we can obey His commandment, Jesus promises that we're gonna have the fullness of joy. And this is not a human joy, but the joy of the Lord, the peace of God that the world cannot give. The joy of God. Many pictures portray Jesus as a sad man. Looks sad with beard and look very stern. I don't believe in those pictures. I believe that Jesus is a joyful man. Because if we believe that Jesus is a sad man, he is a weak person. No, Jesus is the strongest man in the world. He is so full of joy. Children like to be around him. The Bible says in the book of Mark, chapter 10, children come around him. He pick them up with both hands. He touch them and pray for them. Children don't want to be around a depressed man who have a long face, moody. In bad mood all the time, angry all the time. Children like to be around joyful person. I believe Jesus is so full of love. He obeyed the command of the Father. He loved people. He gave. He laid down his life for people. He's so full of joy. He's a strong man. The joy of the Lord is our strength. You notice if you read the Bible, common people. I'm not talking about religious leaders. Love to be around Jesus. You know why? Because it's not depressing to be around him and listen to his teaching. And he lay hand, he blessed them. Common people love him, but the religious people hated him. Because he's a joyful man. He's not religious. He's full of joy. He's full of strength. He is a loving man. He loved people. He laid down his life for people. When you have the joy of the Spirit, but the joy of Jesus Christ, you will be strong. Amen? And that is a good witness. The worst witness to the world of the church is to have the church that's full of people who are full of hatred, fighting each other, long face, depressed, always cry, always depressed. That is the worst witness. The best witness to the whole world, when people see Christian, we smile, we're happy. The peace of God is on our face. And they say, I like to have what you have. I have all the money. I have all the nice houses, but I don't have that peace and joy that you have on your face there. Sad Christians have contradiction in the terminology of the word Christian. Because Christians mean those who are like Christ. And Christ means anointed one. And let me read to you what was he anointed with? Psalm 45 verse 7. You love righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore God, your God, you are mean Jesus, the Son of God. Your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. And then Paul quoted this scripture in the Hebrew chapter 1 verse 9. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of sadness. Is that right? Christ, the anointed one. He was anointed with the oil, with the spirit of joy. Amen. 
Sad Christians have contradiction to the terminology of what they call themselves. But the reason a lot of Christians are sad because they are selfish. They wake up in the morning. They think about me, my family, my money, me, me, me. That's why they're sad. But if you start to lay down your life and think about other people, what can I give? What I can do? What I can serve? You're going to be full of the joy of the Lord. You show me strong Christians. I'm going to show them they are full of joy. You show me strong Christian. I will show you that that person is so full of faith, so full of joy, so full of love, so full of strength. These four words come together. Faith, when you have faith in God, you trust God that God is going to take care of you. Because you have faith in God, you love God. And when you love God, you obey His commandment, you love other people. You give, you lay down your life. And when you lay down your life for other people, then... The Lord gives you joy, and then the Lord gives you strength and power. Faith, love, joy, and strength are inseparable. Strong Christians will demonstrate all these four characters. Walk in faith, walk in love, walk in joy, and walk in power and strength. He's not a weak person. He's strong Christian. Let our church have the reputation of the church that has unquenchable joy, full of glory. The church is full of faith and love, love one another. And the church is full of strength, not weak Christians who are full of sadness and depression and selfishness. When you are full of joy, when you are full of faith and love, 12 problems slap on your face before noon. By 1 p.m., you get up and say, ha, ha, ha. None of these things can move me. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to me. You see, Paul laid out his life for others. So that I may finish my race with joy. Paul did not say, I'm going to finish my race with sadness and cry and depression. He's a man of faith. He's a man of love. He's a man of joy. The man of strength, none of these things shall move me. How many people want to be like that? Hallelujah. Christians who are full of faith will not whine and cry. Christians who are full of faith will be joyful and shout and say ha ha ha. Ho ho ho. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. The problem come up, you may feel a little bit shocked for a minute. And then you say, no, 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 no. My God is a great God. I walk the life of love. I give. I lay down my life for God. God going to take care of me. I don't worry about it. Amen. Let people see the unquenchable joy and peace on your face in your office, in your school, in your classroom. And they will look at you. Even though the problem come right and left, you still smile. And you still full of peace. And your friend at work look at you and they will say, Hey, 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 this is different. Can I go to church with you? Who is your God? And you can say, My God is the Lord Jesus Christ. You are not Jojo's. <laughs> because you stand on the rock of salvation. You stand on Jesus Christ. You are not a Jojo Christians. 
Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. People who walk in love, walk according to the commandment of Jesus Christ, will be happier, will be freer, will be stronger, will be more blessed. Because you always think about what can I bless other people? Amen. Nothing is like to know that you live your life every day to free somebody up from their burden, to give some financial help for somebody that they are in need. Nothing is like to live a life that you can help some people to be free from demons, to be healed from the sick, to answer that question that they have. For a long time, and they don't understand, and you answer them only two sentences, and they say, "Oh, I get it." You lay down your life to set the captive free, to be a blessing to other people. What a blessing! What a joy to live your life that way. You will not be depressed. You're going to be full of joy, happier and happier. To lay down your life to live for other people, to bless other people, is better than to have a new furniture, to have a new car. You have a new house. You see life change. You see people set free. Pastor Dan and I live like this for the past 30 years. We've been a pastor for 30 years now. Since after I became a Christian for I think only one and a half years, I start to be a pastor. And all this year we're happy. I don't think I'm gonna die soon because God still need me in this world. I'm going to live my life to bless people to the point that God say, ha, 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 I don't want to take him to heaven too soon. Because many 10,000 of people in Thailand need him. Many people in Japan need him. Many people in Europe need him. Many people in Seattle need him and Pasada. I'm going to have to keep them for a long time on earth here. Amen? Do you know that God set you free? God paid your debt off. God help you to be out from sickness and disease. God help you to be free, so that you can go out and lay down your life and give to other people. And when you can do that, God say, "I'm gonna keep you for a long time on this planet Earth, because a lot of people still need you." Amen? Amen. Selfish life is a miserable life. The life of love is a joyful, victorious life. John chapter 15, verses 11 to 14. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. This is the truth. People need your help, need your Service when they need you. Sometimes they may need you at 3 a.m. while you're sleeping. Sometimes people may need your financial need at the time your budget is so tight and you still need to give. If you can live like that, to be flexible, to be led by the Holy Spirit, your life will be very exciting, very adventurous, because you don't know what can happen tomorrow. Something will happen. And then God used you to set somebody free, to help somebody financially, to lay hand on somebody that they get healed. Every day, God gonna use you to bless somebody, to free somebody up, to set the captive free. 
people who live a life of love will not wake up in the morning and think this way: What I don't have? Why don't my kids visit me? Why don't my grandkids come to meet me? Why don't my friend in the church meet my needs? Selfish people think about themselves. Immature Christians, selfish Christians, always complain and think about themselves. And this is the truth. If you are immature and selfish, your kids don't like to be around you. Your grandkids don't want to be around you. Your friends don't like to be around you because when they come around you, they see your face like depressed, <laughs> complain. I don't have. I'm lacking. I don't have this. I don't have that. They want to get out of your presence as soon as possible. I'd like to shoot out of this door right now. I don't want to be around depressed people. Is that true? So turn around. Be happy. When you are a mature Christian and you are a loving person, when you meet people, you know you have problem. You may be sick. You have some knee pain. You don't talk about your knee pain. You say, God, I trust you. You take care of my knee. But I can ask my friend, How are you doing? How's your kids doing? How's your job? You don't talk about yourself. You talk about them. You ask them questions because you lay down. You give them preference. You treat themselves better than you. God teach me this. When I meet people, I never talk about myself. I just ask, "How are you doing? How's your job? How's your health?" I'm not focusing on myself because I lay down all of my need upon God, and God take care of my need. I'm not gonna throw all of my needs and complain to people and make people feel miserable with me. Amen. Because I keep complaining and giving a long face and and being unhappy and complaining and whining all the time. No, 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 no. I'm going to be a happy Christian, joyful Christian because I make a decision to lay down my life for other people. When you love people, you are not paying attention to only your own interests, but the interests of others. On the cross, when Jesus was on the cross. A lot of people ridicule him. Look at what the Bible says in Mark chapter fifteen, twenty-seven to thirty. With him, they also crucified two robbers, one on his right and the other on his left. So the scripture was fulfilled, which say, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and those who passed by blasphemed him. Demon talk through these people. Wagging their heads and saying, "Aha! You who destroy the temple." And build it in three days. Save yourself and come down from the cross. Verse thirty-one to thirty-three. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking among themselves, which the scribes said, "He saved others; himself he cannot save." Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend from the cross that we may see and believe. Even those who were crucified with him reviled him. Now, when the six hours had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. I believe in the Garden of Gethsemane and on the cross, Jesus might have been tempted to call the army of angels and set him free out of the cross, but he was willing to lay down his life for all of us. You will never understand how he felt on the cross because you are not the one who received all the sin of the whole world. You are not the one who got rejected by the Father. On the cross, he got all the sickness of the people on his body that day. He loved us so much 
This is why I love Jesus more and more every day, because He loved me first. On the cross, He was willing to lay down His life. One of the most honorable and noble thing that people can do is to forget about themselves in a time of emergency, and willing to sacrifice and die for other people. You saw that kind of situation. In New York, you remember when the two tower fell down. A lot of people went in, and they died for other people. The ultimate example of a person who is willing to sacrifice for others is the Lord Jesus Himself. Did Jesus have to come down from heaven? Did He need salvation? Some of you may say, "Oh, I travel to Southeast Asia or to Africa and stay there for two weeks. It's miserable to leave the U.S. to be in the third world country for two weeks." You may not understand Jesus. Jesus left the glory of heaven, came down to Palestine, and lived among people, and was called as a normal man, a carpenter. The Bible says he was not good-looking. I'm glad when the Bible says Jesus was not good-looking. Because I'm not good-looking either, so I, I'm glad. People rejected him. In fact, Jesus came into the world not good-looking like a movie star. He left heaven. He sacrificed. He laid down his life. He gave his spirit. He gave his soul. He gave his body. Everything for mankind. He saved others. Himself, he cannot save. Let me conclude this sermon. I know this is a tough sermon to hear. You cannot spend on yourself. What you spend for other, we all have limited time, money, and energy. If you spend money, if you have five hundred dollars and you spend four hundred for somebody else, it means you cannot spend that four hundred for yourself. Love is to give, to lay down your life, to spend, to be spent, to sacrifice. If God call you to spend something that you think you want to spend for yourself, are you willing to give it? Are you willing? You say this time is for my family. Are you willing to spend for other people? That is love. Definitely, God is a good God. What you give to God, He will give you back. Yesterday, I have a good conversation with my daughter, and I realized that I make a big mistake to give a lot of time to the church to the point that I did not take care of my own children that much. Because I pioneer the church, so a lot of work, two jobs, neurosurgeon and pastoral work, and it's really hurt my kids that the dad is not around all the time. But thank God, my kids still forgive me, and today they understand, they love me, and they still in the church. They love God. I know I make mistake. I didn't spend enough time with my children, but thank God, I gave and I harvest back. Now my kids take care of. Of me and Pastor Da, they love us. They forgive us by the fire of God. The heart is healed, and we have a beautiful family. Amen. I know I make mistake. I'm a human being, but God's still gracious to me, and we still can laugh together and have fun together. Hebrews chapter twelve verse two: Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Jesus did not give with depression, but he gave with joy. Let us make a decision that what we learn 
from the Bible today will be our lifestyle that we will live our life for other people. Give, love, and don't worry. You never outgive God anyway. God gonna give you back whatever you sow for Him. Amen. Amen. As you sow this, He gonna give you more, the better than before. But you need to learn how to live the unselfish, loving life to lay down your life for other people. That's the reason why I have to say this strong sentence. I don't believe when people say I love Jesus. And they don't want to be in a local church. I don't believe it. How can you show tangible love to brother and sister without being a committed member of a local church? You cannot show love to people in the whole world. I cannot show love to people in Africa right now personally because I, they're far away from me. But I can show love to you here in this city. This is a tangible way to show love is to be in the local church. And I come every Sunday. You come every Sunday, you could join together in the care group, you love, you give, you find out, you walk in instead of, oh, talk to me, talk to me, you walk in, you say, what can I do today to bless somebody? Maybe somebody needs lunch today, I'm going to take them out for lunch. You live your life that way is to look for opportunity to love and to give to people. And if you can do that in the whole church, the church is going to be full of joy. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for teaching us about how to walk in the law of Christ. May your Holy Spirit pour out the love of God, the agape love, not the human, selfish, self-seeking love, but the love of God into our heart so that we can supernaturally overcome the flesh, the selfishness, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and begin to carry the cross and walk the walk of love. To lay down our life for one another. We will not, Lord, be selfish people, immature people any longer. But we will grow up to be like Christ. Help us, Lord, to be anointed with the oil of gladness and the oil of joy. That this church will be full of joyful people. Unquenchable joy, full of glory, Lord. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Give the mighty hand of praises to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone in this room not a believer or you don't know Jesus personally? Or maybe you have gone to church, but you never pray the personal prayer request that Jesus will come into your life as your Savior. Some of you may grow up in a church, but you never give your life to Jesus. This is a time that you can do it. I want to lead you to prayer. How many people want to have Jesus as your personal Savior? Pray with me. Father in heaven, I give my life to you. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, the anointed one who laid down his life for me. He saved me. He forgave me. Lord, I repent of my sin. I want to come back home to be your child. God, you are my father. Jesus, you are my savior. Come into my life, Jesus. Forgive me. Give me a new heart, a new spirit. 
Thank you, Jesus. From today on, teach me how to love you, to obey your commandment. That is to love one another. And I believe, Lord, as I obey your commandment, I will abide in your love, your favor, your grace. Will be around me all the time. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. One of the reason I am a spiritual arsonist. You know, arsonist mean I like to light people with fire because I know that I've been a Christian for more than 32 years now. The first half of my Christian life, I did not have the fire of God, and I could not do what the Bible say. I struggle and struggle, but after the fire of God came and touched my life, it's just become a second nature. I could do what the Bible say, because the Holy Spirit began to move inside me more and more. Yesterday, the pastor in Los Angeles asked me. He asked me. My member asked. What is the difference between baptism with the Holy Spirit and baptism with fire? I gave him the answer in two minutes. I say this way: God can do to you only at the level you know and at the level you believe. That's why the Bible say, "My people are destroyed because of the lack of knowledge." In certain church that don't believe in baptism with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongue, the members just believe that oh. The Holy Spirit saved me, so it's done. That's all they get. That's all they believe. And not only really that, the preacher cannot give more than what he received. So that's all he get. Holy Spirit saved me. Done. So all the member never get anything more than that because that's all they believe, and that's all, that's all they know. Then you go to church and believe in baptism with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongue. There's pastor speaking tongue. There's pastor receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. The member hear the message, they increase their faith to the next level. They receive the Holy Spirit. They speak in tongue. The pastor have the Holy Spirit pray. People speak in tongue, but the members don't know about the baptism with fire. That's why in the church they fighting, flesh arguing because they only have the power to serve God, but they don't have holiness. The baptism with fire is holiness. Clean you up, selfishness. All the junk, burn it out to be like Christ. Not just power, but holy life. Definitely, the pastor have to get it first to get the fire and burn on the inside of him. Then he can give what he has. Then the member hear the message of the baptism with the fire. They believe, they receive from God by faith because they receive the message. And not only that, the pastor has the fire to give to you. You can give only what you have. That's why I keep learning the Bible so that I can know more and receive more, so I can give to the members. Because I want to be a good father in this house. I want to give you the most I can from heaven. I don't want to have limited knowledge, and then you are all suffering because the pastor doesn't want anything from the Bible. Amen. Our church believe in the fire, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe the Holy Spirit can save people. We believe the Holy Spirit can empower people. People can speak in tongue. And we believe also that the Holy Spirit can come and burn the junk out of you. If you watch pornography, 
The Holy Spirit can set you free from the habit of watching pornography. If you have the demons of cancer, the Holy Spirit, the fire can come and burn the cancer out of you. That is the fire of God. Burn the demons and the junk and the sin and the bondage out of your life. But you need to be desires to change. Amen. Some of us may have selfishness right now. That's why this sermon is hard to do. The Holy Spirit needs to come and burn selfishness out of you, so that you can have more love of God, that you can walk like Christ. I do all of these things. I lay hand. I move in the fire, because I love you and. I want you one day to meet Jesus as a mature Christian, not baby Christian forever. I want you to grow. Amen. Grow up. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you have some business to do, you can leave. But if you say, God, I need to be cleaned up. Something in my life, I need to be cleaned up. I will pray for you today. From glory. To glory, to glory, to glory. Amen. From glory to glory to glory. Thank you, Jesus.